This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 786. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 786. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. We're back with like a quote unquote normal, regular (laughs) Monday episode. So for the last couple of weeks to accommodate vacations and allow people to breathe a little bit here in the Shameless Mom Academy and on our team, we have done a handful of our One Shameless Thing, our shorter episodes. And at first I was like, is everyone going to panic? and think we abandon our Monday episodes, our 30 minute episodes that like really dig into a juicy topic. And no, we're not we're not abandoning anything. We're back. So I want to dig into something really significant today that actually was inspired by a very, very somber experience that I had a little while ago. And this topic, I think is so relevant, because when times are hard, we have the opportunity to really think about how we're going to show up. And what we're building around ourselves in terms of what we want to be remembered for and how we want to be known in the world. And I will tell you, as someone who's going through some rough times right now, uh, my husband just went through a layoff and I'll be talking more about that as I can. There's some legal stuff happening that I am not allowed to be like super uh, transparent around at this point. But going through this experience has been 
really, really, really difficult and challenging. I talked about it a little bit in email a couple weeks ago. And thank you for those of you who reached out and checked in and same thing on social media, those of you who have kind of reached out and checked in there and just like offered support and virtual hugs. It means so much. We haven't gone through this experience before. And it's been really rattling just in so many ways and for so many reasons. So thank you for the love that so many of you have provided. We can definitely, definitely feel it. And it's really eye-opening to experience that after pouring into this community for so long and then to have some of you really take the opportunity to pour into me, into our family. It just, it means so, so, so much. So when we are going through really hard times, we have this opportunity to decide how we're going to show up and determine who do I want to be in this moment and what do I want this to really mean about who I am in a bigger picture. And I was recently, I went through an experience where I got to see this through the lens of someone else's life. And so I was recently at a celebration of life for someone and it wasn't someone I was super close to, but what I was paying attention to was how people talked about this person. And I noticed certain words kept coming up over and over again. And there were some really incredible speakers that shared about this woman's life during this celebration of life. And it was so interesting to hear the common threads and the themes that just kept repeating themselves. And by the end of this time together of people coming together to honor this woman, I felt like a whole bunch of people had woven together without intending to this picture of who this woman was in the world and how she will live on now that she's no longer here on earth. And it was really, really beautiful and powerful and just an incredible experience, which of course then begged the question, what would people say about me at my funeral? And I think that we've all had those experiences where we're at someone else's end of life and we're noticing what people are saying about them and taking pause then to think like, what would people say about me? I know when my mother-in-law passed away a few years ago now, I'm trying to remember, Vinny was like two or three at the time, so probably seven or so years ago. I remember people talking about her legacy and that she was so resilient and so tenacious and so strong. And she was not afraid to go after things. And she was not afraid of curveballs. She wasn't afraid of like life being upended on her. She was someone who was like, okay, I got it. I'll rebuild. I'll figure it out. Like, what's the next right thing? Let's go. She was a Marine in World War II, which is where she met her husband. So being a woman Marine in World War II, like not a common thing. That's where she went, met my husband's dad. And so the two of them met in that situation. And she was so proud of that experience. She was so proud that she had been a woman Marine. And she did a lot to stay in touch with the veteran community and people that she had had relationships with, longstanding relationships with as well. But she was really connected to her local veteran community as a result of her time serving, even though she was involved in her veteran community in Portland, Oregon, even though she had served in Kansas, maybe. I don't even remember where she served, but definitely not anywhere near Portland, Oregon. But she just knew that like she had a place in that world forever. And she took so much pride in that. She also took so much pride in becoming a swimmer later in life, like a competitive swimmer in her 70s. And she joined or she trained and then participated in the Senior Olympics in her area when she was like 70 something. She was on this like front page of this article about her achievements and about this whole um, senior Olympic team. And 
she was just kind of like a trailblazer in so many different ways. And especially for the people who really, you know, got to spend a lot of time around her. And when she passed away, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I want to be remembered for being the badass that goes and does the things that other people aren't doing, that does the things that aren't commonly done by women or by people in their 70s or things like that. And I've thought of that so much since in getting to know her and then since she passed away as well. And when I found myself in the situation recently at this celebration of life, I found myself taking notes around, wow, look at how this person was such an incredible example of a certain trait or a certain way of participating in the world or giving back to the community. And then me taking notes like, I want to do that too. I want people to remember me for that. Like those are the things that I want people to say about me when I'm no longer here. And some of the words that were said for this woman specifically were around being a community builder and a connector of people for being a really deep connector just within her own relationships, being the kind of person who always asked, how are you? And very much expected you to answer with far more than a I'm fine. Like she was like wanted like the five paragraph answer, like, how are you really? And she was there to like sit and listen for as long as it took you to dig into however you were on any given day. She was not looking for the pretty parts or the cute parts or the Instagram parts. She was looking for the messy parts and the parts that were maybe worth celebrating that you hadn't celebrated yet for all of it. She was an incredible visionary and she could see what was possible in terms of what was possible for herself as a woman, as a leader, as a business owner, and also what she could see as possible for business growth in her community. And she wasn't afraid to say it out loud. She wasn't afraid to not only challenge herself and say that she was going to do these things, but also she wasn't afraid to challenge the community to be like, hey, like, why aren't we all doing this? Or how about, you know, the city council get behind XYZ initiative and things like that, that I thought were so impressive. And the things that a lot of people are avoidant around. She was a huge advocate for people and for communities, especially those in the margins and those who were commonly overlooked. And she did all this with a tremendous amount of compassion. And multiple people talked about how her compassion was so deep that it caused her pain because she carried everyone else's pain because she had so much compassion and empathy for people. And that was often a really great struggle for her, that she carried everyone else's load and that made her load very heavy. And it was hard for her to be able to step back from that and be able to hold space for herself because she was holding so much space for others at all times. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs 
in special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So as I heard people talk about her in all these ways, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, so incredible that not one person came and said these things, but over the course of an hour, six people said really similar things, telling different stories and talking about it in different ways, but really getting at exactly the same roots of who this person was, how they showed up, how they had impact in the world. And it really made me think about what am I doing around building my own legacy? And what does that mean? And what do I, why does that matter? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because the thing is, is you're already doing this. You're already building a legacy. And I'm not going to suggest that you put a whole bunch more on your plate so that you can build a better legacy like as a to-do list item or as like something that should be big and overwhelming and complicated in your life. But instead, that it's something that you have a level of awareness around where you're thinking as you make decisions and as you embrace certain values and as you decide to show up in different spaces and places and in different ways, that you're doing it in a way that allows you to leverage who you want to be in a way that naturally and automatically builds your legacy so that it's not like this big overwhelming task of now I need to build a legacy and where does one get started? But instead, it's in the really simple little things that you do every day and recognizing that all those really simple little things are legacy builders. And sometimes we don't think that through and we don't give credit for that. And what can happen when we decide to be thoughtful and intentional around those little simple things and really decide to leverage them as bits of building our legacy 
is that those things get reflected back to us. And I've seen that so much in my own work where I'll make a really conscientious decision to do something a certain way. And I'm doing it because it feels like the right thing to do, or it's aligned with my values. But then someone will come up to me and say, hey, I noticed how you chose to do this thing this way. And I want you to know how that impacted me in a really positive way. And then when it's reflected back, I'm able to see like, holy cow, that felt so good to see my work reflected back in that way. And it doesn't make it feel like work and it doesn't make it feel like here's my seven steps to build a legacy. (laughs) Instead, it makes it feel like this is just me being who I am, but being who I am in an intentional way that I can always feel good about the choices that I'm making and how I'm making them and why I'm making them. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't fumble and make mistakes and sometimes make poor choices because 100% I will, and I know that you will too, but that overall, I am being conscientious about how I make decisions and choices around certain values. And then when I fumble, trying to fumble with a lot of humility and grace so that I'm not noticed so much for the fumble, but noticed more for the resilient recovery and the humble and gracious recovery as well. So I want to talk through five ways of legacy leveraging. So this is really leveraging certain things in a certain way that you are naturally building your legacy over time. So the first thing is something we talk about all the time here in the Shameless Mom Academy, but it's knowing your values, knowing your values, and then making decisions as making decisions with using your values as a filter for making the decisions that are best for you in any given moment. So if I'm trying to decide between A and B, and I know that like my values right now are around like justice, compassion, and kindness, then I'm going to make the decision option A or B with that in mind. And oftentimes it becomes much more clear, like, okay, obviously because of those values, I'm going to go with option A. And when I go to make that decision, if I know what my values are, it's so much more clean and simple than if I'm like kind of trying to navigate it. And I'm like, I don't know, there's pros and cons for both. If I know my values, oftentimes it's just much more clear. The other thing is recognizing when I'm using my values in a certain way and around decision making and around how I show up in the world, there's a lot of intentionality around who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to show up in this moment? What do I want to be known and remembered for, whether it's in this moment or in a larger landscape? And sometimes we can make a really different decision just because we decided to think that through for a minute. Sometimes we can step back from making like the easiest decision to making maybe a little bit more of a difficult decision because we realize, oh, wait, I know that the thing I ultimately want to be known for, the thing I want to be remembered for, the value that I want to display in front of my family or in front of my colleagues is this certain thing. And so I'm going to make maybe the more difficult decision or maybe the more uncomfortable or vulnerable decision because that's who I want to be in this moment. And that's how I want to be remembered. And along with that then is thinking through who am I becoming? And when you have clarity and pride, by the way, in who you are becoming, then those values and decision-making become more clear every single day. Sometimes we think that, well, who I am right now is just who I am. And it's actually interesting. There's someone in my life who has said that to me a number of times recently. This is just who I am right now. And I challenge them to say like, okay, well, that's a choice. And Is that person a person that you feel really good about? And is that person treating people in a way that you that makes you feel good? Because you can say this is just who I am right now. Or you can say like, this is who I am being in this moment. And how does that feel? And is this who I want to be moving forward? And do I want to settle for that? Or do I want to try to sit with myself for a minute and things through and challenge myself a bit to maybe show up a little bit differently, or maybe make some apologies, or maybe make different decisions moving forward and decide I'm, I 
do have the space and the bandwidth to be a different person moving forward rather than just accepting this is just who I am right now. So the second way that you can leverage your legacy is deciding how you will treat others and then consistently treating them that way. So when you are deciding how to treat others, it's often second nature, right? And parenting is such a great example of this where we find ourselves in patterns that are really positive and sometimes really negative. And so maybe you are a parent who, and I'm like raising my hand with you because I'm definitely someone who can be this way, where there's certain things that my child does where I'm like full of like tenderness and praise and patience. And then there's other things. And if I even sense them coming, I immediately start losing patience. It's like the the thing doesn't even have to happen yet. And I'm already like, I don't have any patience or tolerance for that today. And we've all had those moments, right? Where you're like, here's what I can tolerate today. And I have no space for that. And if it starts to go in that direction, mama's done. So I want you to think through how you want to consistently treat other people. And sometimes we do this very routinely without thinking through, is this how I want to do this? And when we do it so routinely, because maybe it's a relationship that we have to show up in all the time, or it's just who we are. Maybe if you're like me and you're an external processor and you want to get things done fast and having ADHD really makes me want to like check boxes and just get things done, you might have this default to be a little quick with someone or a little dismissive or a little controlling or like overriding someone else's opinion. And pausing and recognizing how do I really want to treat others and then consistently doing it that way takes some decent intentionality. (laughs) I can't, for me, it takes really conscientiously slowing down to override my natural inclination in terms of how my brain works. So I'm a naturally compassionate person. I'm a naturally kind person. I'm a natural advocate and leader and all these different things. But sometimes when push comes to shove and I want to get something done or I'm frustrated with something, the things that come out around where I feel a level, a certain level of impatience don't always come across as kind and compassionate. They don't always come across as me centering someone else. Sometimes they come across as me centering myself. And so I have to really be thoughtful. And some of my leadership positions in the last few years have really challenged me in this way, which has been such a great area of growth to slow down, and really listen before you say anything and think through what's the best thing to say right now? What do people need most right now? Who do I want to be in this moment as a leader or as a mom or as a partner or as a, you know, a trainer or whatever the thing might be? And then articulating what I want to articulate in a more thoughtful way rather than just like whatever comes to mind first off. I know that I want to be someone who sees other people's needs and then responds as a cheerleader and a champion. And that's something I do very naturally and automatically in my work with all of you. But it's not something that I always do really naturally in my very closest relationships. Because when I do that so much in my community, then I come home and I'm really tired. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm really tired and I am not, I like, I can only be a champion for so many people today. And so like people that live in my house, yeah, (laughs) I can't cheer for you. And that's not who I want to be. So it is really like having to think through who, how am I going to consistently treat people because of how I want to be known as in terms of how I treat people. And so doing that really consistently. And again, like sometimes you're going to mess it up. Sometimes you're going to fumble. Sometimes you're going to go, you know, be your worst version of yourself and then have to you know, fix that in a way that feels right to you. But when we're looking at consistency, it doesn't mean perfectly and it doesn't mean always. It means most of the time, which we're going to get to in in a minute. 
The third thing, the third way that you can leverage your legacy, a legacy leverage that you can make is being able to move through failure and fumbles. And oftentimes we it's easy to find ourselves halted by failure and fumbles. And sometimes that halting can be like just a minute where you're like, okay, that's not what I expected was going to happen. That was really messy. That was, you know, the opposite of what I wanted. I feel like a failure. I feel super frustrated that I don't even know where to go from here. And sometimes that can be just a moment where we're like, okay, that was awful. And now I'm going to do this other thing instead. I'm going to switch gears, take a sharp right turn, whatever. And sometimes that's like a matter of, you know, a day, a couple hours, a few days, whatever. And then other times we find ourselves halted for long seasons. Or sometimes we find ourselves halted even permanently where we're like, I'm never going to try that again. Or I'm never going to try anything like that again. I'm never going to let myself go to that place again. I'm never going to challenge myself to that extent again because I don't ever want to be here again where I feel like I didn't meet the mark or where I didn't accomplish the thing I set out to accomplish. And when we are halted in those ways, we so, so, so dramatically limit our potential. And we also don't build the legacy that we actually want to build. <laughs> and so when we can't move through failure and fumbles, we quit our legacy. And in that quitting of our legacy, life becomes much less meaningful and fulfilling and soul-filling because we've given up on who we want to be. So when you think through failures and fumbles, I want you to think through when it gets messy, how can you continue to be the person that you want to be? And as I was talking about a minute ago in terms of consistency, it's not what you do every once in a while that counts. It's what you do most often. So if every once in a while you don't make the best choice or you don't pick yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever, okay, fine. But what do you do most often? If you most often make a mistake, learn from it, move on, and move on, that's the legacy that you're building. It's like you are failing forward and you're failing quickly. And when you decide to fail forward, what that means is that you have the failure, the fumble, the thing that didn't go as you wanted, and you pop back up and like, you know, it doesn't have to be immediately, like you can give yourself a moment to be mad or frustrated or grieve the thing that didn't happen, but you pop back up and you keep going and you fail forward so that you have this forward momentum and upward trajectory moving towards the things that you want rather than every time you fail or the first time you fail, you're just like, well, never mind. See, I wasn't meant to do that anyways. I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. And like you take all that evidence or fake evidence and decide to hold that and decide to not move forward. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So earn in can help you access the money you've already earned 
at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So then with that, with that failing and fumbling and when things get messy and hard and definitely aren't going the way you think or the way you wanted, then what's the next right thing? How are you the person that can quickly and automatically assess, okay, that didn't work. So what's the next right thing? I don't need to know the next 14 right things. And I don't even need to know the end game or the end goal or what the end result will be. I only need to know the next right thing. And so the next right thing is often like, what's the one thing I can do right now that moves me in the direction I want to go? It's not laying out what are the next 18 steps, like qualifying and judging whether or not I can actually do them. It's taking one next step. It's not about being perfect or getting it right. It's just learning as you go. Like, okay, that didn't go how I wanted. What did I learn? And then how is that going to inform this next right step? It's having that tenacity and resilience to keep going and doing the next right thing as the options unfold in front of you. Because here's the thing, when you have the failure of the fumble, new and different options present themselves. And sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't like any of those options. But other times, if you really sit and look and think and process, you realize that sometimes the options that you think are super sucky actually have upsides. And you're like, huh, I didn't think I wanted option 14. But as it turns out, option 14 could work out in this moment. I think I could make it work for me. So who are you in that moment? How do you choose to do the next right thing? And how do you keep your head up rather than looking down and assuming defeat? How do you keep your head up so that you can actually see the options, the new options as they're unfolding right in front of you? The fourth legacy leverage, the thing that you can do to leverage building your legacy is to distinguish big rocks from small rocks. So what that means is 
not getting distracted by the little stuff that doesn't matter that much, but sometimes gets really in the way. And this can happen a lot when you know your bigger priorities and you have a big picture of where you want to go, but the day-to-day, the thing that's right in front of your face, the things that are right in front of your face, whether it's stuff at home with kids or it's stuff in the office with like just fire drills, gets in the way of keeping your eye on the prize, which is the bigger things, the things that really matter, the things that move the needle, the things that make a difference or the things that have bigger impact. And so distinguishing between big rocks and small rocks often is looking at what really matters and being able to step back and objectively recognize like, okay, this thing is not worth my time or energy, or this thing that while it's like right in front of my face, it might seem great, isn't the thing I need to be focusing on right now. This happened to me two times this week where things came up, opportunities came up, and I was in conversation with people who I love and adore who do incredible work and were inviting me in to do some work with them. And they were like, hey, we could do this and we could do that. And I was getting excited about it. Like, yes, we could. T- we should totally do that. We would be amazing. And then I had to recognize that my big rocks right now don't allow for me to invest time in those small rocks. And so at times I can carry more. And at times I am only willing to focus on certain things or I only can for like, you know, security and family needs focus on certain things. And I'm someone who often says yes to small rock things or often gets, you know, gets involved in things that are not necessarily going to completely move the needle in my business or be super relevant to a really specific and goal that's right in front of me, but might be something that I'm like, oh, this sounds like it might be fun, or it sounds like this might be a great thing for me to learn or practice. And right now I'm in a season where it has to be big rocks only. And when I look at big rocks, I'm really looking at what are the things that I want to do that are going to have the most impact moving forward and allow me to grow in the really most profound ways that I want to grow in order to get what I want over the next five to 10 years. And that means I have to really look at the small rocks and be like, okay, while this sounds fun and while this sounds like it could be cool and I would love to work with this person or do this certain thing, it's actually ultimately going to be a distraction from the big rocks. And the big rocks are going to be what allows me to have more impact and connect with more people or support more women or connect with a bigger mission. And so being able to distinguish big rocks from small rocks often allows us to let go of some of the small stuff, whether it's annoying stuff or even some of the stuff that like is just a fun distraction and say, hold on for the sake of the bigger picture, for the sake of the things that matter most to me, for the sake of the things that are like important to the direction that I'm moving and who I am becoming, I'm going to let the small rocks sift through and just hold space for those big rocks that are left in the colander. So it's like if you have like sand and you put it in a like a colander or like on a little, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the right word, like a little screen, then the smallest parts fall through, right? And you're left with just a handful of the pieces of sediment that are bigger. And so what are you going to let fall through and recognize like these things, these little bits, they're great and they could be fun. I might really enjoy them and I, it might lead to some relationships that I value, but the big rocks are the things that I really need to focus on because of the way that they're aligned with my values right now, or they're aligned with how I want to ultimately be remembered or have impact or grow in a certain direction to really become this version of myself that is really, really ultimately important to me. And then the last legacy leverage is knowing what you want to be known for. And sometimes it's sitting at other people's funerals and recognizing like, oh, wow, that's the thing I want to be known for. And 
sometimes it is in noticing the people around you and what they're doing and recognizing, oh, that's the thing I want to be known for. Or sometimes it is recognizing there's a cause really close to you that you want to be known for having a voice around. Whatever it is, it's important to know what you want to be known for because then you can determine, wait, am I working toward that? Am I aware of what it is I want to be known for or be remembered for so that when I get distracted or sidetracked, I can catch myself to recognize, oh, wait, hold on. This isn't actually the direction I want to be going right now. So those are your five things that you can leverage as you're building your legacy, knowing your values and making decisions around your values, deciding how you will treat others and how you will treat them consistently that way, being able to move through failure and fumbles, distinguishing big rocks from small rocks, and then knowing what you want to be known for. Now, I also want to quickly tell you what are your legacy leeches going to be? What are going to be the things that are going to pull you out of that legacy building, that are going to pull you out of really becoming who you want to be in order to be remembered as in the way that you want to be remembered? So the first one, I'm going to give you five, and this is like a little bullet list, but the first legacy leech is trying to live someone else's life, dreams, or values. That is not a way to build your own legacy. It's not going to fill you with joy, and it's not going to be you being the best version of yourself. The second is to lack focus on what matters most. And a lot of this is around lacking discernment, lacking discernment around who do I want to be? What's most important to me? What is it that I really want to accomplish? What is it that really matters most? Third is around holding on to bitterness and resentment. If you're holding on to bitterness and resentment, how possible will it really be for you to go become the person that you want to be and be the best version of yourself? Fourth is being guided by fear over possibility. I see this so much in the coaching work that I do that people are very guided by fear, which makes sense. It's a natural inclination, but that gets in the way of seeing what could be possible and even trying to start dipping toes in the direction of what might be possible. And that often comes from a lack of self-trust. So doing work around trusting yourself and trusting your intuition to be guided by possibility rather than fear. And then last is defeatism. So when we think about building a legacy, sometimes it feels big and sometimes it even might feel kind of egotistical and pompous. We can tell ourselves, it doesn't matter that much, or I'm not that important, or who's even paying attention to little old me anyways. And the reality is, none of that is true. It does matter what the legacy that you're building does matter. It is important. And I promise you people are paying attention. I promise, promise, promise you people are paying attention. The people in your household are paying attention. Your extended family are paying attention. Your coworkers and colleagues are paying attention. People in your community are paying attention. The people that follow you on social media, whether or not you care about their opinion, they're paying attention, right? Some of those opinions matter to you and some of them don't, but think about the ones that do matter to you because those people are paying attention and how do you wanna show up for those people? And what's the legacy that you wanna leave for those people so that they're inspired to continue the work that you do in your life? Thank you so much for listening today. This was a big juicy one. I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to being back with you on Wednesday for an interview and then for our One Shameless Thing episode on Thursday. So until then, remember, I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and 
You can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.